I'm really partial, really. I think this is a really cool one to like just people who can lift up really odd objects. I think that's an excellent strength standard. Like stones, I think it's excellent. Like when I see someone just manhandle a stone, I'm like, that dude is for real. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand, like, I have a ton of respect for, you know, every single Olympic weightlifter because the technical element of it, but there's something about just a guy going to a big ass rock on the ground and saying, can I pick you up? Yes or no? Let's do it. And I think that there's something really primal about it. There's something kind of absolute about it in terms of like that crushing grip strength. There's a little bit of a hip hinge. And then if you're going over a bar, there's a little bit of explosiveness, obviously not to the same standard of anything else, but I think that's pretty sweet. This is the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. Our goal is to energize and entertain fitness enthusiasts by sharing insights from experts in the health and wellness community. From physical therapy perspectives to interviews with professional athletes, special operators, nutritionists, and coaches. We want to help you be your best self. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness. Whoop in the strategy of fitness. It has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Check out the link in our Instagram bio. Get $30 off your first month subscription. Get the brand new 4.0 and start this year off right. Track your sleep, track your recovery, track your daily strain. There's no better tech to wear every single day and hold you accountable. Of course, this podcast is your weekly accountability, buddy, but there's nothing better on the market than Whoop. Check it out. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorn and Rob Rowland. Lots of energy after that last guest, man. What's up, boys? Yeah, Nick, I got to eat some crow uh, because he drafted two in our fantasy league. <laughs> gave you lots of shit. I, he's my, for some reason, you know, like it's so funny. I have these irrational loves and dislikes that make no sense and have no bearing in reality. But he's just an irrational dislike player. Still don't like out. Still don't like him. He's I don't either, out, to though. be honest with uh, you. Yeah. He's playing. He's playing well. He's playing all right. He's playing, He's playing all right. So, so go. Good on you, Tua. What's up, Robbie? Uh, not too much. Yeah, Tua came into Baltimore and did some work in there, man. Oh, he threw like six touchdowns that game. Rob, I know you're not one to go to NFL games, but you do have the Bills coming to town. That Bills, Ravens, Josh Allen, Lamar, and their absolute primes. Like that might be a football game. I'd actually go watch. My buddy Chief is going with a crew. He's a big Bills fan, so I don't know, man. I I might put that on your radar. I, I just can't be around football fans. They really make me sick. The last Ravens game I went to was Colts Ravens, and it was Reggie Wayne going over the middle. It takes the nastiest, dirtiest hit from um, maybe it was every one of those savages on the Ravens D. And this like 300 pound guy behind me is like calling him a pussy and telling him to get up. And I just wanted to like smack it. It's like, dude, A, you couldn't run seven yards, let alone a seven yard in route in an NFL game. And B, like Reggie Wayne is a thousand times tougher than you ever be. So just shut the fuck up. Dude, Reggie he's, Wayne he's the... slept on how good he was. By oh, I love Reggie. I'm talking about a favorite wide receiver ever. Talk about so irrational love. Love he's Reggie. So good. Yeah, love Reggie. Very underrated. Dan, how do you feel about the the purple and black camo that that Baltimore fans wear? Are you a fan of that or? It is up there with like Denny's as the trashiest thing in America. It's like if you go to Denny's in the fucking Baltimore camo, you'll just they might as well just turn that place into a dumpster and you can just climb in. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I had a feeling that was your take, but I'm, I'm glad I wasn't wrong there. Yeah, so we had an argument about this. Where did the purple camo start? Because my buddy Chief says it was like prep school kids in Baltimore started wearing it as a joke. 
And then like the harder and season ticket holders like started wearing it. Like it was like a real thing. What is your thoughts on the origins? Mara might have some insight this, the origins of the purple camo. You know what? I've never heard that story before, but it would make a lot of sense. I, I wouldn't rule that out. I'll do some research and I'll, I'll get back to you by, by next episode. But that would be a very interesting revelation. Yeah, do some digging on that because I figured it was just like I, I've known the purple camo ever since. I mean, I used to go to Ravens games like late high school. My buddy Mark had tickets and, you know, we used to go to games. And I, I remember the purple camo being there as long as the Ravens, don't you? Yeah, and I don't think I've ever seen another organization with like team colored camo. I don't know. I don't. I don't go to other stadiums. I don't know if that's a thing or not. But did Pittsburgh fans they they wear the black and gold camo? Does Nick have some black and gold camo shorts? I don't think that the Pittsburgh fans do black and gold camo. I think they stop with that. They have the towel. Nick, do, we're we're asking like, do you guys wear black and gold camo at the no. Steelers games? No. no. Yeah, that's like no. a pure Ravens thing, right? Yeah, it's just there's Warriors in Baltimore. <laughs> Always got to be, you know, hiding from something. Judge just hit 61. That's why I had to run in and wake my kids up and tell them. It's fucking awesome. We're talking about football today, guys, because we just had an awesome interview with a former 10-year tight end, Logan Paulson. So we'll get to that in a second. What you guys hit in the gym this week? Anything sick? I'll just get into my training routine because it's been a while since I've, like, talked yeah. to you guys about it. Yeah. Oh, so, right. um, so I've been doing four days a week because I have those massive work days. Basically, I'm gone 12, 13 hours on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. So anyway, Sunday, legs, run three to four miles. Wednesday, hit chest, hit arms, and then three to four mile run. Thursday, shoulders, and then a 40-minute EMOM. And then Saturday's back with a conditioning piece. So it's been fun. The 40-minute EMOM I did this week was 12 cows and echo, eight toes to bar, 30 double unders, and 10 shoulder overheads with the 35-pound dumbbell. So nothing too crazy, but getting dubs, feeling pretty good. The toes to bars, feeling better, working on the grip strength. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to these days. What about you? Nick, you had a big PR. Let's talk the PR. Yeah, 340 at the building continues. God only knows at this point of this weight, any PR can be my last. <laughs> so I'm not even fucking joking. It's they're all hairlines at this point, but they're proud and very happy. 2022 has been an absolutely incredible year of lifting for your boy. So pumped. Rob, what about you, man? We're just going to gloss over the, the 340 clean and jerk, man. Like the most a very, very technical clean, clean. I think you got more there. And then just a complete travesty of a jerk that somehow the bar ends over your head. <laughs> It's, it it's a really a, it's fun watching you clean a jerk because it's definitely not a jerk. It's just a split push press, but dude, I, I can't argue with somebody that's putting three forty overhead. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's been a good run. Uh, I'll tell you, <laughs> I look at those videos and I go, "That's not exactly what that's supposed to look like." But those those cleans actually do look really good. I just I don't have a strong enough front squat. I mean, my pull off the ground, my pop, and my probably first six inches off the ground, you know, out of the pocket are so fucking good. Like they look, they look textbook. And then the shit just goes to hell, you know, from like 45 degrees up. And then the jerk is just hold on to your butts. Like old, uh, <laughs> like, like our man says in Jurassic Park. Do you think the, uh, the safety bar has helped with your, yes. your clean? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Being able to actually do back squats has been such a big difference. I wasn't even feeling good that day. Like my back was kind of twitchy because it was right after Austin. And, you know, I was two days after a week-long binge. So I really didn't feel good, to be honest with you. My head wasn't right. My body wasn't right. But just having that in the tank, because I've been able to hit these 
squats without any injury or pain, I cannot recommend that bar enough. I fucking love it. Dude, it was on sale last week, like a one day sale for 230 bucks. And I just like, a I sat one? on it. And then I went, yeah, the Titan one. And I went to go look at it and already went back up. So I, they do it like every couple months. So next time it drops that low, I'm going to have to just get it. Because if I keep it outside and it like rusts, it's a, it's a $230 bar. It's not like I bought like a $700 transformer bar or something. I don't know the difference between like what Rogue offers, but why anyone would not get that Titan one is beyond me because it is so serviceable and perfect. I know I've only had it a year, but I don't know how it can deteriorate, to be honest, unless you leave it outside, of course. But, you know, I see some of these for five, six hundred bucks. I'm like, why? <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah, it's the not a barbell that you need like spinning collars. Or That's anything. what I mean. It's just, it's just it's just a specialty bar. Yeah. I don't know, maybe is the padding better on certain ones, you know, like longer lasting or more durable or is it no, pretty similar? The padding on a Rogue one is like, that's like a $450 safety bar. It's just horrible. Titan, I think it's as good as Elite FTS, which is like another $450 bar. Yeah, they pretty much just copied that bar and did it for half the price. That's basically all they did. Because I, I was looking at some prices on Titan and it really does, you know, if you are looking for home gym stuff, the Titan Fitness, it is a great website. And like you said, they usually have what other websites have and they, find a way to make it a little cheaper so definitely worth checking out i guess they're just chinese knockoffs is what i hear and people don't like that so like, whatever I'm trying to save 200 bucks bro they, they hate capitalism then <laughs> hey freedom yeah maybe they do what'd you hit this week rob uh just slow and steady with the lifts thinking of stuff that uh i don't want to talk about my dumbbell bench i was pretty happy with it until logan's talking about uh repping 150s but I, i've never really repped dumbbell bunch above 100s and now what i hit 110s for four by eight which is nice. for me that's that's moving some weight the the boobies are coming along and then today i've been doing a lot of strict press trying to hit that body weight so i switched to the neutral grip bar for this last cycle and i hit 195 for four so usually when i go back to barbell after using that thing it feels a little bit easier so i, I think the, the body weight is there whenever i want to test it Let's go. That's going to be a big day. You better videotape it. We we don't have to post it, but I got to see it because that's that's an exciting day. We've been talking about that for a while. Yeah, that's been a, it's all year, man. It's been a slow, just steady progress on that one. Cool. Well, Rob, tee up our guest because you reached out to him, and I think you actually bought his piece of equipment, which sounds fucking awesome, by the way. And then we'll get to the interview. Yeah, so guest is Logan Paulson. He's got a portable sled out there. You got to look it up to really understand how it works. His website is is totally outdated, so you got to like email him to order. So I sent an email. This dude calls me up, and like we we talk about his, his sled for a few minutes, and then I I just reached out to set him up for the pod. He was gracious enough to come on. We found out what a weirdo he is by the end of the interview. Once he finally opened up and and divulged everything to us, but yeah, ten year NFL vet. He's got an awesome strength tool out there. Hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness Podcast, Logan Paulson, ten year NFL vet. What's up, man? Not much, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you today. We start every interview very similarly, and is what did you hit in the gym today? What are you doing? You're a ten year NFL vet. Your body probably hurts. Looks like you're you're still very active. What'd you hit in the gym? <laughs> so I actually don't go to the gym anymore. I train with my exercise equipment that I invented. So today is uh, kind of a lower body push day with an upper body push emphasis and like some back auxiliary. And then I usually try to run, like do some sprint work or plyometric work twice a week. Um, but that's schedule dependent because I got to do that outside. Like with my equipment, I can just do it in my living room. Usually I've been working out around 1030 or 11 o'clock at night, but I feel like a compulsion to get it in. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's an obsession and it's why I'm here 
now, you know, like it's why I kind of got my CSCS. It's cause like, I'm very passionate about it. And, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta itch, you gotta scratch it. So whenever that has to get done, that's, gonna, that's, that's when it's going to happen. I love this. This is going to be a great conversation because this is already unique. Um, we're off to the races. We usually go all the way back and ask you to tell us about when you grew up and why you like sports and all that bullshit. We're not going to waste your time with that. <laughs> Let's get right to the 10 years in the NFL. Tell me about the peaks. Tell me about the valleys. And then we're going to get right to what you're doing today because it sounds fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like, you know, I guess like I started out as an undrafted free agent out of UCLA and I had no expectation of playing football in the league. Like I come from a family of professionals. And what I mean by that is like, they've worked the same job for 40 years. My dad's an aerospace engineer. My mom works at human resources for a hospital. And so like sports was never like a real occupation. And I just kind of fell into it. Like I went to training camp and, you know, I worked really hard and I studied really hard. And I think, you know, early on, like my dad was always like, treat it like a job. And so like, you know, I got in early, I stayed late and I was never the most athletically gifted guy, but I got a niche for myself and played here in Washington or uh, for six years or so in Chicago, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Houston. So, you know, and I think I kind of just found a niche as a guy who the coaches could trust and I was willing to kind of outwork everybody. And, you know, near the end, I thought, I thought I was going to be a guy who like died with my cleats on, but you know, like you have kids, you get married and your priorities change a little bit. And near the end, man, it gets tough, man. The body doesn't feel too good. You know, like it was tough to walk away, but it was definitely the right decision for me and the family. I'm imagining that's what led to this next chapter, right? You get out, you're, you're 35 now, right? Something like that. Yeah, 35. Uh, now. Yeah, and and you probably got out and said, "Well, what's what's next?" And is that what led you to this invention, essentially? You know, I was doing a lot of extensive sled work when I was in Houston, and I thought, you know, like there's got to be a better way than me putting seven or eight 45 pound plates on a sled and dragging that around all the time. And you know, I started looking for different products out there and really kind of in the interim, you know, like I was also pursuing kind of a media career, like media is probably a strong word, but like doing some radio stuff, doing some TV hits and things like that. And this was kind of like my, my schedule was very flexible. So I kind of started tinkering with some stuff and came up with this like weightless weighted sled, you know, it weighs under 10 pounds and it can go up to give you an ounce of resistance up to 900 pounds of resistance and just kind of fit my lifestyle at the time. You know, it was very flexible. I could kind of take it wherever I needed to go. I do a lot of personal training also in addition to kind of the media stuff and it was very conducive to like my business model which was like throw it in the car go to someone's house with a set of dumbbells and get a good workout in and i can do some athletic development and stuff for like nfl for some of my nfl clientele so just yeah it really fit nicely with the lifestyle and it kind of was uh, i'd say you know mentally stimulating i think was the other thing it was a challenge and it kind of got me out of my comfort zone which is something that i wasn't expecting but it's something that i'm very grateful for because it was awesome before i let these boys loose because i'm sure they have a ton of questions what's your body weight now compared to when you were playing i love to ask pro football players this so it's so funny like i'm training a couple nfl guys and you know they're big dudes they're like 260 pounds but i weigh 270 pounds right now but I don't look like I weigh 270 pounds. So I, I carry all this body weight and I don't get any of the benefit of it. You know, like I'll be standing next to the guy and they're like, how much do you weigh? Like 230, 240? And I'm like, no, dog, I'm 270 right now. And I just like, I've trimmed up. I feel like I look better. I look different, but that's pretty much spot on when I was playing. So I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older and it's, you know, like I had to fight when I was first got in the lead to keep the weight on. And now it's like, that's here to stay. So get used to it. Now, Logan, what do you, what do you call your sled? I, I like the website you got 
KATN, like strength engine? What do you refer to it as? I want to make sure I'm yeah, so, the right Yeah, so I mean, like the company's Catton and the product is the strength engine, you know, and I think it, in terms of nomenclature, that's kind of what, we, what we've been riding with. And obviously, like, that's something I'm still learning is like branding the product and naming things is, is kind of challenging for sure. Yeah. So the way I always describe it, like, I think you described it well, but when I say like think portable sled, I always compare it to like a run rocket. It's like a portable run rocket light for people that have ever used one of those. So you talk about using sled, heavy sled when you were training NFL and now. So talk a little bit about like benefits of sled training, why you use that as like your primary mode of, of fitness. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so I, I hate, I hate when people say, oh, like, you know, like this is the magic bullet for you, right? Like there's no magic bullet. It's there, all the different training modalities are important. So I think the thing about the sled work is I was a guy who was very um, weight room driven. You know, I was very excited about the weight room. I thought that was kind of the thing that was going to keep me in the league. And it did for a long time, but I think the weighted sled stuff got me moving again, got me jumping around again, got me doing some sprint work, got me doing kind of more explosive, more dynamic, uh, higher contractile velocity velocity exercises. And that's something that I really like leaned into. And I thought there are guys like me out there who fall in love with the weight room and they kind of neglect the movement element. And this allowed me to kind of 3d load my body in a way that I had load, but loaded before. And, but I felt the benefits on my calves and my knees and my hips and my core. I was doing all this horizontal core stuff with it. That was great. And so to me, it just kind of became a supplement to the weight room stuff. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe I could load this vertically in addition to horizontally. So I started using it as like a deadlift auxiliary and a squat auxiliary. And it's only a concentric isometric trainer, but just adding a different stimulus in terms of the isometric work and messing with the durations and the impulses and all that stuff. Like my, my deadlift's gone up 75 pounds since I've stopped playing, which is crazy, you know? And like, again, I think people get in these grooves and these ruts and they have their, their blinders on. And this, this product, this experience, this journey kind of showed me like (laughs) that there's many ways to train and many ways to get benefits. And yeah, so that's kind of like where I'm at and why I think the sled stuff is so great because it takes guys who are more weight room centric and allows them to apply that same focus to running and jumping and, and other horizontal kind of based movements. Before we get too far, could you just tell us the website and, and we'll talk about this later, but I just want to, if, if our listeners are out there and they just so they can pull up the website real quick and see what you're talking about and check out some videos. What's the, uh, what's the website they can go to? Yeah. So the website is info at cat and you know, you can't buy it on the website. We prefer it. If you just emailed us, the, that email information is on there because we're trying to make sure that we can build like a relationship with the clients. And like, if you like Rob bought one, if he had questions about setup or videos for exercise selection or something like that, I'll go out you know, in my, uh, in my backyard here and make you a video and send it to you just so we can make sure that everybody's getting the most out of the product. So that's our goal, kind of a soft release and kind of building relationships with people, which has been really fantastic so far. So info at We have an Instagram, uh, underscore strength. If you guys want to check that out, there's some videos on there. Look, you mentioned doing some more vertical oriented work with the strength engine. Is there an attachment to that, that allows you to work in different planes of motion versus just the, the horizontal vector stuff? Yeah, correct. So basically like we made like a modular squat stand and that sounds like really smart, but it's basically a squat stand that like pins together. It weighs about five pounds. It's made out of aluminum so I can take it anywhere with me. So right now I'm training a guy who's coming off a, I always get this mixed up, a fibula fracture. And so like he's about four weeks out. So we've been doing a lot of isometric work to kind of help maintain like strength. He's actually seen a lot of benefits just from like the short two week period we've been using it in terms of kind of 
muscle recruited, recruitment, motor unit recruitment, just awareness and like kind of core rigidity, which is something that he can't really do, you know, with a barbell on his back, or I would feel comfortable doing with a barbell on his back with the loads that we're doing from an isometric standpoint. So it's been really easy for me. I just put it in my car, put it in a backpack, drive out, train isometric work. We do concentric only training with it as well, which again, um, one of the reasons I like it is because there's no actual gravitational weight to it. So if the athlete gets in a weird position or something starts to feel a little funky, they can just stop pushing, kind of regather themselves and then finish the exercise. And that's how I've been training, you know, in my house with it. So, you know, it's just to me, it's like I think people get caught up. And again, I don't want to sound like this is the magic bullet, but, you know, there are many ways to skin a cat from a training perspective. And I look at it like, you know, if, if for this athlete specifically, if we can kind of make sure his foundation is strong for when he does kind of return to play. And the foundation is laid out there for those eccentric loads and the kind of higher impulses, then the return to play is going to be quicker. And we'll see if it, if it ends up helping him out. But right now, he's seen a lot of very positive benefits from it. And you keep talking about the the concentric loads. Can you take a second just kind of like unpack that for the listener that maybe doesn't have the background in X-Fizz and why concentric focus training might be easier for the body to recover from or provide like a different training stimulus? Sure. Yeah. So like concentric is basically like a muscle shortening action as opposed to eccentric with it, which is like muscle lengthening. Right. And isometric is when there's a contraction with no movement. So just kind of basically if you've got a bicep curl, like that's kind of the one everybody knows, right. When I'm bringing the, the barbell to my face, that's the concentric action. And when I'm lowering it towards my hip, that's the eccentric action. So eccentric muscle action is where you're kind of, you're stretching the muscle tissue. It's, you get really, really high force numbers associated with eccentric loading and you get different uh, motor unit recruitment patterns. Those motor unit recruitment patterns and the higher force numbers tend to lead to more muscle damage and more muscle soreness. So that's one thing that I've noticed. You mentioned Nick, like in my training, is like I can train more frequently now because I'm not accruing as much soreness. Now, I do have to make sure that I find other ways of finding eccentric load, not only for myself, but for my clientele, like which is, you know, kettlebell swings, plyometric work, uh, reverse Nordics, regular Nordics, you know, things like that that kind of allow for that stretch cycle. But again, you're not going to accrue as much muscle damage training concentric and isometrically, which again, depending on the athlete's goal, may or may not be the right fit. Like if you're a bodybuilder and you're looking for a lot of hyper, hypertrophic response, like that eccentric loading is very important. Now, I've I've had a lot of benefit in terms of health and t- like I can't do bicep curls with a barbell or a dumbbells because I get really bad muscle tendonitis. But when I train this way, I can train, right? So again, just finding, giving athletes, giving users an alternative to allow them to train and and the way they want to. I think that's been really illuminating in terms of, you know, everyone reads those studies where it's like, oh, this training modality is less effective than this training modality, but you're talking by a fraction of percentage points and that doesn't apply necessarily to everybody in the study. So I think that's also important for people to kind of keep in perspective when there's no magic bullet for anybody and it, just giving them an, another opportunity, I think is important. Yeah. And I think um, just training frequency, like working in a collegiate environment, guys and girls are training six, seven days a week. And especially from a rehab application, finding ways to load and get like a high training stimulus when minimizing that downtime and soreness afterwards is huge. So that's why I was like looking for a replacement for a run rocket. Cause they're, they're not the most portable, like in, in this thing, honestly, I can just put it in my bag and it, it's something that I, I can keep with me. And the other aspect I think to speak of too, is the, the constant tension aspect of it, where dragon sled, you build momentum. It's hard to keep that constant tension on the muscle system. And then they've kind of progressed into these, the tank sleds, which are nice. I think are like a decent option to get that constant tension, but it gets super pricey. So do you mind like talking a little bit about 
price point of like a, a tank sled or a rock sure. rocket versus what you're you're putting out there? Yeah, so the tank sled I think is uh, last time I checked the the kind of simplest version is about two grand, and then the heavy duty ones like twenty eight, twenty nine hundred. So obviously very expensive. And I think the thing about that product is that it's it's all linear, right? So I can actually load kind of different joint angles, different positions different angles and then i could on a, a weighted like a run rocket or one of those tank sleds and i think the constant tension again it's all friction based it's all internal and I, that's one thing that i actually love about it right because it lets me seek the contraction and the the tension where i want to find it and i can help coach the athletes now through isometric cueing or whatever it may be to help them find that same tension so again like it's just about kind of finding something that's super flexible super portable that is an effective price point. So you could buy for one of those fancy sleds, you could buy about six of my product, right? With the belts and everything included. <laughs> you know what I mean? So again, like if you're a small school, a high school, like this is a very viable alternative. And, um, you know, I think everybody looks at those sleds and think that's, that's pretty tough and pretty butch and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not about the aesthetic of it. I'm about the work that I can get out of it. Right. So if I can get the same work out of this, like, great. I'm about the process and about what I can do with the tool. And I think this is just a nice, flexible tool that lets me get everything I want to get done with my athlete. It reminds me of an interview we had with uh, Pat Davidson. He was big on the Kaiser machines, which are the, oh, yeah. the pneumatic air machines. And and it was kind of a similar philosophy where you're taking something that doesn't maybe look as cool or or um, give you the same kind of wow factor at the gym, but it's going to provide a great stimulus. It's going it's to allow you to meet your goals. And it's actually going to probably keep you healthier with less muscle damage and muscle breakdown. So kind of like what Rob was saying, what are your thoughts on just being a great in-season? This seems like a great in-season product for a lot of a lot of your athletes out there. Like that seems to me like the biggest, most useful component of this device. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. That's a great point. Like obviously in season, you're trying to mitigate muscle soreness as much as possible. Right. But also I think it depends on what they're at in the off season too. Like the older athletes, athletes with, with a lot of wear on their body, like they might advocate for something like this. And that was something again, like speaking for myself after playing for 10 years, like there's not a lot that I felt very comfortable doing consistently in the weight room. Like I could hit a big day once, but it's then I'm out for two weeks. Now I can hit a big day, like 
I want to say almost every day, like I, in terms of intent and focus and drive, all those kinds of things. And I am hungry to continue training, which pause. is something that I, yeah. we got to pause this. What's a big day back in the day. I got to know big day. I'm not that strong, but like, you know, I could like four Oh five for a couple here and there would be fine on the back squat, do full cleans back in the day with three thirty five for a couple, you know what I mean? Like bench yeah. press was probably you know, like, I felt bench press was always great. Like 150 pound dumbbells for probably six. Like that was, I was feeling myself back in the day. Like, in, you know, what's crazy is that is not a strong NFL athlete. You know what I mean? Like uh, you guys are probably familiar with Vernon Davis being from the area, but you know, I'd see him like pop on four Oh five with almost no warm up, maybe two twenty five, And then he'd bang out 10 and the Tendo unit on every unit would be like, I think it'd be like 1.2, which is like astronomically fast for every single rep of 10. And I just remember looking at him and being like, you're like a different cut of human being that I've, you know what I mean? Like I could train every single day for the rest of my life and you will be more twitched up and stronger than I could ever imagine. So again, like it's a very humbling experience being in that room, you know, with those dudes, but it's also kind of shows you like you got to work and grind and think about things in a different way. Cause you're never going to be able to out, out force everybody. One of two people makes the NFL, and usually it's a combo. Like, you have to be some sort of genetic anomaly. Like, you know, you're a big dude, and then you also have to put in a shit ton of work. Yeah. So would you say you're more on the, the put in a lot of work end of the spectrum in terms of the weight room or more of the uh, genetic end of the spectrum? So I'm for sure hard work. But, but like, you know, so I had a conversation with somebody about this, a coach. Uh, you know, I was, we were talking about uh, D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins down in Houston and how he was kind of one of these freaky guys who could kind of do anything and fast and great hand-eye. He was like, well, that's his superpower. Your superpower is the ability to st- sit in a dark room for, you know, six or seven hours more than everybody else and watch film and study and grind, you know, and like I had the mental capacity to do that. And not everybody can do that, right? And so I was also the guy who was going to, sit in the weight room and be like, Oh, my squat technique's not right. Or maybe this is, I can get to a better joint angle here. I can read this research paper and I can push myself that way. So as much as people want to say, like it manifests itself in these physical ways, like there is a mental component, right? Like I remember reading something about Michael Jordan, how he had the ability to, you know, stay after practice and shoot 10,000 free throws or whatever the hell the number was. And like, there's a kind of autistic almost spectrum there that allows you to focus on a task like that that not a lot of people have, right? There's an obsession that is, that's genetic, right? You've, you've worked with different athletes and you can, you, the kid with ADHD is not going to do that. He's going to be off chasing butterflies before you know it. And then there's that one kid who's dialed in like a razor blade and is going to just continuously get better. And I think that's also something that athletes need to be aware of, right? Like there's different paths to get to the highest level, you know, and I took one that maybe was a little bit less traveled, but like, I like to think that I maximize that opportunity, you know, from a physical standpoint, because like, like just to give you an example, like all my combine numbers are trash. Like I have like a 28 inch vertical, like my broad jump was like eight and a half or some crazy. I don't even remember what it was, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm a twitched up explosive dude is my point. And like, I made it work just because like I was willing to kind of do all those extra little things to kind of make it happen. And I also got very lucky and had some people in my life who were very supportive from a coaching standpoint. So it's not just me. It's not just genetics. There's a lot of different ways to be successful in sport. So I know you mentioned you're doing the the media stuff now, but you also mentioned you got the CSCS. So what's the long-term plan? Do you want to get back into like training NFL guys? Was there experience you had there that's kind of motivated you to get back to that setting? Or just is that just for the one-on-one clients you're working with kind of now? 
So I actually was going to go coach, be the uh, assistant strength coach up in San Francisco for a while. And when it came time to do it, the guy, he's a friend of mine, Dustin Perry, he was like, you need to get your CSCS. I was like, okay, cool. I'll get, I'll get my CSCS. And so I got it. And when it came time to make the move and take my kids out of school and head up to San Francisco, it just didn't feel right for the fam. You know what I mean? And so like, I felt bad kind of reneging on that opportunity, but you know, like, I'm really happy that I did it because like, again, it was one of those things where post football, at least for me, I know a lot of guys may not feel this way. I just didn't know what the heck I I could do outside of football. And so getting my CSCS was like the first step in being like, Hey man, like you're a smart dude. You can get a lot of different stuff done. And I think that again, like, I'm really grateful that I did that because it kind of inspired me again to kind of take some steps here with Kat and the company, push myself a little bit more in the media stuff. And basically said like you have other things to offer outside of the football space which was which was great yeah that's what i was going to ask it's so fascinating to me as you guys get out at such a young age you kind of go from being this all-in team player to in a lot of cases an entrepreneur and i was just going to ask you like what that challenge was like with that transition you kind of already touched on it but now you're you know you're launching business you're a broadcaster for the commanders how do you do that work-life balance? I mean, it sounds like you're getting workouts in at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. So who the hell knows, right? Yeah. I mean, that's something that I'm still working with, right? Yeah. Cause like my last couple of years in my career, one of the reasons I retired was like, I was kind of, you know, a hired gun. I'd go from team to team, fill in a role, a very specific role. And my family stayed here in Virginia while I was away. And so like, I would just totally pour myself into whatever I was doing. I'd get up at 5am. I'd be the first guy in there. I'd stay watching film till 10 o'clock. Like I'd eat dinner with the coaches. Like I had nothing like, that's what I was doing. I was all in. Right. And so getting out of it, it was tough. Cause like, all I knew was like pedal to the metal a thousand miles an hour. And you know, now I'm having conversations with my wife saying like, you know, I had an opportunity to coach down with the Miami dolphins this last off season. And I didn't take it because I'm like, I want to have a better work-life balance, but I need to make sure that when I'm here, I'm not taking every single opportunity and redlining every single day. Like there was a period, like at the beginning of the month where I was sleeping four hours a night for probably three weeks straight. And my wife's like, what are you doing? And again, like being able to dial it back has been really challenging for me because I only knew for like four, probably 10 years, like we have to go and I have to be all in. Cause if I want this to go, like that was my mindset because I wasn't genetically as gifted as everybody else. So yeah, that's definitely a challenge for me. It's been a challenge for me. I think it will continue to be a challenge for me. So hopefully I can figure it out, you know, but uh, <laughs> how old are your kids? My son is eight. My daughter's five. So are they, are they already hitting it? Are they getting into the, the fitness lifestyle? It's like one of those things with like your, your kids and do you have kids, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got a nine and a six-year-old. Yeah, so we're hitting it. Yeah, so I want to push them to do it, but I also don't want them to be like, I don't want it to be green beans, you know? I don't want it to be green beans at some point. So it's like, I'm I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to go work out. You want to come? And my son's eyes like, no, I'm good. And hopefully, I'm hoping one day he'll be like, yeah, let's go. Let's go hang out and do that stuff. So we'll see. You know, he's uh, he's a different personality so far than than I was at that age, but he's got great energy. He's a good athlete. It's just about like how driven and focused and motivated he wants to be but he's also eight so i also want him to right, like enjoy right. being eight you know what i mean yeah there's no stress here but man <laughs> it is fun when like if they do take a liking to it it's it's pretty pretty incredible yeah i think, I think nick's son's bench is more than me already oh. he's like, so, yeah, so it's kind of fucked up dude he banged out 10 strict pull-ups the other day it, it floored me it dude floored that's awesome. me. excellent yeah. incredible he's a little i mean he's like he weighs 45 pounds but for Christ's sake, like, I'm not training him to be able to hit 10 pull-ups. Like right. he, 
Yeah, who the hell knows? <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's great. You're not training him, but it's on his chore list every day. He's got to do it every night. So. <laughs> hey, the man. His 45-page chore list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hey, before we let you out of here, let's let's hit a couple quick hitters. Uh, it's been great talking to you. The first one's the most important one. What's your favorite non-alcoholic seltzer? I, you're, I'm a loser. So as you can imagine, like I was pretty redlined when I was playing. Like I only drink water and milk. I don't yeah, drink anything this is, else. This is a this is flavored sparkling water. You have to have a favorite. I don't drink sparkling water. Wow, you need to grow up, man. I know, but like it's so okay. Like this is like again, this is what my wife says to me. Like Logan, like you got to chill out. Like I was, I you was never make in. your way over to Delaware and hit the starboard and have some uh, have some light beverages here. Come on, you got to be kidding me. No, I've never done that, man. But maybe yeah. you know, may, now that I know you guys, I got a reason to go out there. So yeah, you're the only redskin that hasn't. <laughs> you going for one red man? Redskin anymore? Sorry, commander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, com- the commanders now. Yeah, um, yeah, sorry. Well, by the way, what we could talk a little Washington football. Pretty depressing year for the Washington uh, Washington <laughs> football. I mean, like not like already. I'm just bummed out when I see him. But they do have some good skill guys. You know, the wide receivers. Like I think that Jahan Dotson's a really great player. I think he's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, anyway, they can turn a corner. Hopefully, they can turn the corner here. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I, you know, well, let's hope so. If you're going for Warner at Max, let's say back in the day, you're going for your 335, 340 clean. What song are you throwing on? I don't listen to music. Between not listening to music and not drinking anything but milk and water, um, I might need to contact the, the local authorities. I know. That's, that's what everyone says. Hey, hey so, so listen to this, man. So someone said to me one time, it's like, you know, don't you want your adrenal system to be working at full tilt, like when you want it to work full tilt? And so I was like, I guess that's a good point. So like I could. Cut out all caffeine. This is like for 10 years I did this. Cut out all caffeine, all like music, all anything. So I would lift by myself in like a silent room and just hope that like I could get my, you know, like train my body to. And again, that's like a psycho thing. I'm, I'm well aware. It's not a yeah. very balanced <laughs> approach to anything, but that's this what is, I did. Dude, this you're is in the League of Shadows, for, aren't you? you yeah. You're training with Bruce Wayne. What the fuck? Is <laughs> this is uh, this is true antisocial behavior. <laughs> and that's what I, I and like I like I hate going like quiet. It was just silent. I just like I, you know I think I watched a video about Russian weightlifters and how they wouldn't listen to music when they were training, and I was like, that's I'm gonna do that. And who knows? You know what I mean? Like who knows if that's the right thing? They probably got locked in cages afterwards. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, like they could they have a choice. <laughs> Putin's got the cages there behind him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, dude, before I even get to the third question, what what are you eating today? Is it just boiled chicken and steamed broccoli every every? Yes. Yeah, so what did I have today? I had uh, I had grilled bison with for my for breakfast with white rice, and then I had grilled chicken with white rice for lunch, and then I had grilled chicken with white rice and a salad for dinner, and a protein shake. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Now I know the the milk and water and no music thing. It makes total sense. I mean, I'm a simple uh, guy, man. I don't have time to be thinking about what I'm going to eat. Like, there's just a big bat uh, of meat up in the fridge that goes in a bucket with some rice. Stir that sucker up, and we're getting after it. And I'm guessing you got like 20 of those T-shirts that you just pulled out of the closet, <laughs> matches shorts, and don't think about the wardrobe either. It's true, man. Like my uh, my son always makes fun of me. He's like, "Daddy, you wore that shirt yesterday," and I'm like, "No, it's a different shirt, son. Different shirt, same." <laughs> Zuckerberg, time. man, you took that right out of Zuckerberg. Just the straight black T-shirt. It's like, Dad. We're not thinking about anything that we don't need to think about. Yeah, a little silliness here with well, we got our guests, but did you hear what Zuckerberg did to the UFC? He bought no. this whole so Saturday night, he just bought the whole fucking arena for I guess just him and his friends. 
What a legend, dude. Yeah, what he a bought, legend. Yeah, so he just dude. wanted to watch UFC and he bought the whole like he's it's just him at the arena. Could you imagine having that kind of money? Just being like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna buy every ticket to this thing. Like, what the fuck? Here's like, here's like ten million dollars. Boom. Who cares? That would be so. My awesome. my father-in-law was talking to me about it. He was like, uh, you know, like all these guys who want to go to space, like Bezos and uh, the other guy who does Tesla. Like, it's like going to space has become a hobby to them. In the same way that like you play golf on the weekends, they're like, screw it, let's go to outer space, man. We'll make a rocket, multi-billion-dollar program, just just because I feel like it. Yeah, planes don't go fast enough, so I got to go higher and faster. All right, cool, Jeff, we'll do it. And none of those guys are strength coaches, I'll tell you that. So I'll fucking tell you that. No. <laughs> Bezos is looking good. He is looking pretty good, man. I wonder what I, I think he's got a little cocktail coming. That's that's just an assumption. Oh, yeah, he's got some TRT. Age. He's got TRT. Oh, he's got the best cocktail. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, Logan, last one for you. We just ask uh, a guest, like, what their, their definition of strength is, like, movement-wise, like uh, – 315 power clean and, and push press has been one. I'll give you two options. You can either give us a strength standard like that or the most freakish thing in the way you're knowing you already told us Vernon Davis is moving 405 at 1.2 meters a second, which people that don't have a tendo unit, that that's so freaky. Like 0.8 meters a second is fast. 1.2 is absurd. So I've seen some freaky stuff in the weight room for sure. Like a guy that I played with, Philip Daniels, was like a powerlifting champion. So he's like 330 pounds and he would like for fun on like a Monday after a game deadlift, like seven fifty for five reps, three sets of five, just like come in, just was like, what's up bars bending. He's not even really sweating, puts, you know, six seventy five on the back, bang, bang. I'm like, I would die. But anyway, strength standards. I'm really partial. Really. I think this is a really cool one to like, just people who can lift up really odd objects. I think that's an excellent strength standard, like stones. I think it's excellent. Like, when I see someone just manhandle a stone, I'm like, that dude is for real. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand, yeah. like, I have a ton of respect for, you know, every single Olympic weightlifter because the technical element of it. But there's something about just a guy going to a big ass rock on the ground and saying, can I pick you up? Yes or no? Let's do it. And I think that there's something really primal about it. There's something kind of absolute about it in terms of like that crushing grip strength. There's a little bit of a hip hinge. And then if you're going over a bar, there's a little bit of explosiveness, obviously not to the same standard of anything else, but I think that's pretty sweet when I see someone do that. Like when I see like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We talked about that briefly the CrossFit games this year. They did like a max sandbag clean to the shoulder and it just sounded so dumb, but then you watch it and it was like one of the coolest strength feats I've ever seen people clean yeah. 300, 350 pound sandbags to their shoulder. So I, I, I totally agree with that one. Yeah, there's something like, you know, like I watched Martin Lises, the guy who's, I guess he's America's strongest man. And he, you know, he does like a 400 pound sandbag pickup every couple of weeks, you know, on his training vlogs and stuff. And I'm just like, there's something about it. Like the way your back is flexed, the way your hips are flexed, the grip, the back, the whole thing. I'm, I think it's pretty sweet. And also another one, like, again, I just, just for coolness factor is weight over bar. Like when like half Thor and those guys were throwing hundred pounds over that, uh, I think it was like a 20... No, it was a 35 foot bar or whatever it was. I like, I went out and I bought a sandbag and I was like, how high could I throw this thing? hundred pounds. And it's like, like a foot above my head, you know? So that's a pretty stick uh-huh. one too. <laughs> it's fucking crazy when you try to throw something that dense and heavy over your head and you realize these fucking freaks are throwing them 20 feet behind them. Yeah, how like, dangerous that is. Yeah. You know, like shot puts another one. I love the shot put because there's like a, it's like an intricate ballet of just power, you know, like that again, like I'm a fan of strength, you know? So if I see anything, someone lifting up anything heavy, I'm like, 
I want to see it. I think the one I like the least is like powerlifting because it's kind of boring because it's just, you know, the three. But, you know, like Highland game stuff is great. All that stuff. I'm in. Awesome. Well, look, one more time. How can people can find you on Instagram? You already shouted out your website. This has been very fun. I haven't seen your product, but I'm sold on it. I'm buying one. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> this is great. I, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for things that just sound cool and sound efficient. Yeah, I'm glad, way. man. I'm glad. I'm, yeah. I really, dude, this was a lot of fun. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but you guys are all good. We're not normal. fucking nerds. I'll tell yeah. you that much. We can have a, we can have a conversation with just about anyone. I promise. So thanks so much. We told you we keep you 30 and uh, maybe we'll run it back sometime. Yeah, that'd be great, man. Really nice meeting y'all and uh, have a good night. Yep. Thanks, right. Logan. Thanks, Appreciate Logan. it, man. Take it easy, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that certifiable psychopath, Logan Paulson. I fucking love that guy. I think we made a new friend on the pod. Hope you don't mind us, us joking about your psychosis, Paulson, if you are listening to this. But to be honest with you, I'm intrigued by this because I haven't seen it. And Rob, it's got your buy-in, so I'm in. Uh, I just love hearing old old football players, baseball players, whoever, talk about Back in the day, gym days. It just gets me fired up. I just love that team room feel. Same thing in the military. Rob, you, you're lucky enough you get to see it. But they're young kids. They don't even know what they're going to miss out on yet. And just the Vernon. I could listen to Vernon Davis stories all day. People don't understand how fast 1.2 meters a second is, much less with 405. 405. That's like I, forgot, I, I didn't do an air catch- squat. That's probably 1.3. <laughs> I didn't catch the name of uh, the lineman he was mentioning, but saying he was just repping out over 700 on Mondays after game days. <laughs> like, For rep, three by five, three by five with 750. That's so <laughs> rude. That's Philip Daniels. I just looked him up. He is a, he's a big boy. Just unbelievable. I love it. I absolutely love it. Shit is so fun. Any takeaways from you there, Dan, before we get to, you know, smoke time, baby. No, I, I loved it. He was uh, he was really cool. I, I was I don't know how anybody could lift without music. Like my sanctuary, like especially today, you know, I have my day off. Like it's just like I love being in my home gym. I love looking outside. I got my little chipmunk buddy. He runs back and forth as I lift, and I'm listening to music. And I think he digs it too. I don't know how anybody could lift without music. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't get that. I guess you are training your mind, but like I said, Raza Ghoul, I mean, he <laughs> he got so <quite> low. <laughs> Here's a would you rather. Would you rather only drink milk and water for the rest of your life or have no music when you work out? Oh, my God. <laughs> they both sound, so this is a would you rather. They both sound yeah. fucking terrible, and he does both. He's doubled down. We'd have to give him a goddamn third option. Dude, imagine a car ride with this guy. Can you imagine with his kids in the back? Now they're old enough, thankfully. Okay. But can you imagine? like just He's either zoned out to the point that he's not listening to any ambient noise or he's so fucking on edge that everyone knows, like, hey, we're going to the store. Don't say a fucking word because daddy's got that shirt on again. <laughs> <laughs> he, but, definitely, but at least, he definitely drives without music on, too. There's no way there's music in his car. <laughs> definitely, though, if, if I was, if, like, by the end of the car ride, I'll be able to get open against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, he, there, he has no picked question. apart yeah. every safety and cornerback yeah. and those inside and outside technique on every zone. Oh, it's it, exactly. So it's beautiful. At uh, least we got that. Very fun. Very fun. What, what are you boys been smoking? Nick, we got to have the brisket conversation. We were, we we're a couple one, two brisket buddies the other weekend. Yeah, we it, was, it, was, it was nice. I think we both did a really good job. So air high five for you. Good job on your brisket. Tell us about the smoke. All right, let's talk about it. So uh, I, w- I went to a Haas family butcher. 
picked me up one of them big old fat boys, uh, you know, 15 pounds, two days before leaving for a full week of business travel made a lot of sense, but that's the smallest they had. And that's what we were making. I seasoned it with meat church first time going down that path. And it was delightful. Cooked it overnight at 205 and didn't even probe it. Woke up, put it on at 10, woke up at 7 o'clock. It was right at about 165. I foiled it. I want to talk to you guys about foil and butcher. Don't let me forget. And then, you know, it hit 205, pulled it, wrapped it in a towel, put it in the Yeti. Thanks for being central. And uh, <laughs> let it sit for three hours in, in the Yeti. Popped it out. Boys, I finally did it right. You know, I've conquered my fears. I went to high school and the bully that used to give me wedgies, I fucking punched him in the face because that's what happened this time with this brisket. I made this thing my bitch. I ate as much as I possibly could for two days and then left Mal and the kids with about, I don't know, 12 pounds of brisket. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where they don't want to fucking eat. No more brisket, daddy. So, wow. uh, (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of food. What about you? Yours looked fantastic. Yeah, made it. Dude, the one thing I can't get right on a brisket, I'm going to need you guys to help me out. It's like the fine, and I have a much better knife now. The final cut, I mean, mine was juicy. It was really super tender. It was well liked by everyone. But the final cut, it just, it's you so mean juicy. The cutting into it? Yeah, just cutting into it. It's so juicy. I can't get like the nice, great cut that I see on, on the videos. It's a little sloppy on the cut, is all I'm saying. If you got any tips. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I just cut it against the grain, like they say, or is it with the grain? Whatever. The, well, I do whatever. Yeah, I just, whatever I just do what the video says. I cut it. It looks okay, but like I just feel like there's a better, like they cut it a little bit thinner. It's a little bit more uh, yeah, meters. I don't know. Thinner. Yeah, the, thin, the thinness is what I find very difficult. I always cut it a little thicker than it should be. They, they all have like that big, long slicing knife they like to use. Yes. You, you, yeah. can't, you can't buy a knife just for slicing brisket. That's a specialty, that's a specialty brisket yeah. knife. you got to be kind of touched to go get one of those if you're only doing a couple of these a year. you got to be a disciple of the meat church to own one of those. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You can't buy one of those. You, you're, it's like Maui's hook. You, you, yeah, get it from, you get it from the gods. <laughs> you're knighted. Yeah. I will say before, Rob, I'd love your feedback on our briskets that you didn't taste. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is, this is where we spiral on this podcast for any new listener out there. I will say that brisket is much more versatile than people give it credit for. Look, I'm eating it like a barbecue the first one or two times, but then I'm cubing it and I'm eating it on white rice, like a chipotle bowl. You can do it with quesadillas. You can do it with tacos. You can do it with nachos. Like there are a million ways to get rid of those 15 pounds. And I found a way. Rob, did you like our stuff? It was really nice how you guys synced it up and did it on the same weekend. I got to... Just keep track of your briskets and the, the text group. Dan's, I mean, let's just take a, another second. We do this all the time. Like how far he's come. That he finally presented a, a good brisket for a whole house full of people from so good microwave Salisbury steak to a 15-hour <laughs> brisket. I mean, this guy. This guy was doing 60-minute racks of ribs in the microwave 24 <laughs> months ago. Ruining $150 dinners. And now look at him. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute legend. Uh, you know, buying the I, meats. It's fantastic. The, the brisket is the, the ultimate, man. When, when you can do that, you can do anything. Once you perfect right. that, it seems like you guys kind of hit your stride on the same weekend. You guys are big Franklin fans. I sent you the Franklin videos. Nick had some some not so kind. Rob fucking him. loves him. I just called oh, him. Yeah. You know, I thought he. I think he resembled <laughs> Jared from Subway. Yeah, not somebody. Yeah, yeah you got to keep him away from the fam. <laughs> 
He's he's one of those offset smoker guys. Uh, I, I don't have any time for that. That guy's got nothing else going on in his life. I just think it's challenging when you're talking to real smokers that like only smoke in those big, like legitimate smokers. They don't talk to us pellet grill people. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you got to bring it to the simple folk that are cooking in their backyard, not the professional guys that are like trying to make it a little bit better so they win the next competition. That's my only challenge with guys like that. I guess with Franklin, it's like he is that guy. I mean, he's probably the epitome of that guy. He's pretty plain and simple with everything, and I, I, it does resonate with me. And if you if you have three videos on how to cook a brisket, they're all exactly eight minutes, and they break things down. Like, I don't know what more I want, really, for that video. Shout out to my brother-in-law, Andy. He said he went to Franklin's restaurant in Austin. It was like a five-hour wait. So it's fucking awesome. But he just got the rec tech bullseye, too. So shout out to you, Andy. Andy doesn't know what a podcast is. He'll, he's certainly never listened to the show, but... If somehow finds your ears. Congrats. Yeah, big shout out. If you sold them on the rec tech, you'd probably sell them on my list of the pod. That is not a podcast, guys. Just the certain people, they just, you tell them, they're just like, you know, the, the, the window's closed. Just not not going to listen to any podcast. It's not going to listen to any, like, they're just never going to listen to any podcast ever. Yeah, there's some people like that. I think we've taken a little sabbatical, like at least 10 days. I'm dying to know what you've been streaming, Dan. Well, this one might not be like a traditional pick, but it's a movie called Bad Influence. I didn't know it existed. One of my favorite actors, Rob Lowe and James Spader. It's 1990. And James Spader plays this like young, up and coming kind of like Wall Street stud who's like engaged. And Rob Lowe plays basically the devil who's like doing cocaine and staying out late and doing all this weird shit. And he like brings Spader down this like rabbit hole of death and destruction. And it gets super weird. And I just think like they don't make movies like this anymore. Because all they do is make these shitty Marvel movies with like Thor's, you know, jack off hammer or whatever, 17. And I like movies like Bad Influence. So if you like early 90s weird movies with Rob Lowe, check it out. Cool. Never heard of it. Oh, by the way, got to go backwards before we go forward. Have you guys ever done uh, aluminum foil versus the butcher paper for the brisket? Because supposedly the butcher paper gets you a much crisper, cleaner bark. Yeah, I've done the butcher paper maybe once or twice, and I, you do get a better bark. But I think overall, I get a better brisket with the foils because it retains the moisture a little bit better. So I got a big ass roll of butcher paper if you want to try it. It probably last me a couple lifetimes here. <laughs> yeah, mail me some butcher paper, please. What about nothing at all? Because that was another option Franklin gave, and I almost didn't wrap it because I had plenty of time. I, I perfectly timed this brisket smoke, and I almost didn't wrap it. But then I was like, you know, I don't want to go against the grain here too much. I, I would not risk it with a big brisket like that, man. That, I, what would be worse than pulling that off and having it be super dry, man? And just use, use the aluminum foil. You know it's going to be good. And I told you the first time I did it and why I was so emasculated was because I let it kind of like steam and it lost all its juices. Uh, I didn't wrap it tight enough. Shit was tough, man. It was tough. It just wasn't that good. I had to save it with some beef broth in a casserole dish. But, you know, I had PTSD. Another, another compliment for Dan is he didn't text us right before he put it on and ask how long he should put it on for and exactly how to do it. He did his own research. Yeah, well, he's, he's got his boy now. He's got yeah. Franklin. He's got his boy. Yeah. Franklin explains things. Rob, Rob texts back just numbers that are in no particular order, like 205 for 7 but plus 15. You're like, what the fuck? This is the worst directions I've ever gotten. And they criticizes afterwards. Like, they go, oh, you didn't get it? You know, here here's a quick quick rant. Like this is the death of the novice. It's like this is why like you guys are why people don't pick up new hobbies, especially 
bully Rob is because like it's like I've never done this before, motherfucker. Like, could you help me out instead of just texting me like uh, encoded numbers like the goddamn beginning of Lost and just having me crack this code? Or could you actually help me out? This is why people go in the gym and quit lifting, or people that you know quit playing guitars because other people are assholes to them. I'm just kidding. I watched the 24 minutes of Franklin. And I'm trying to to filter it down to a text message for you. Now you did the legwork, and now you know. Yeah. Now you get that text message from your brother-in-law when he starts doing his first brisket on the rec tag. You're going to get pissed off and send him a very curt message. I'm going to send him a full sentence at least. It'll be a <laughs> sentence, curt message, not not three thoughts with the commas in between them. Semi, <laughs> semicolons to break up. Well, you don't know yeah. how to read a semicolon? Like, yeah. Read a, read a, oh, it was a super bad. Read a fucking book. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, before we get to hitters, we haven't had an espresso check-in in a while. Rob, what's going on with the Jura? I don't know what I would do without it now. I'm so used to just doing a double espresso in the morning and just going out the door. It's the best part of the morning, man. Does that have a simulated retirement mode for Roger Federer? Does it just you give up? Like you like throw it away? Can you still use it? Or is it going with Federer? You're taking stabs at Federer, dude? Who doesn't? Who makes fun of Federer? I'm not making fun of Federer. He's just, he does the Jura. So I don't know if the Jura's retiring with Federer. Or you get to keep He's it. got the best endorsements out there, man. Dude, the Jura just keeps on going those just noodles. like Roger. He loves those noodles. Do you mind sending me a video of it tomorrow? Any Friday or Saturday. I don't want to take a video of me making an espresso at 6 in the morning. Oh, the thing is that I'd really like to see it because I got to see what this thing looks like. I've never YouTubed it. What beans are you working with right now? Uh, I went to Wegmans last week and I got some... A nice Costa Rica blend, which is pretty interesting because you sent me the, the Costa Rica video uh, beans today. Yeah, I was in Austin, and other than getting alcohol poisoning on a work trip, I uh, stopped at Texas Coffee Traders. And getting your stomach pumped and getting new beans. <laughs> totally professional. Just kidding. Hashtag business leader. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Uh, yeah, I got some good Costa Rica beans. You know, you got to mix it up. That's the one thing that's really why I wanted to check in here, hear how you're leveraging this machine to optimize your performance inside the weight room, inside the school, whatever you're doing. And it sounds like you're at least mixing it up going to Wegmans. I'm sure they have overpriced beans. And really, that's all we're trying to do here. We're going from overpriced meats to throw on overpriced smokers to putting overpriced full beans into overpriced espresso machines. So you like a, a professional barista now? Can you, can oh, you I'm good. I got out and pull a shot and then like... 10 seconds now it's all good it's it's perfect i am a barista i change clothes when i go down the in the middle <laughs> of the work day to, to do it and it's the vibe the kids say an espresso a perfect bar and just yelling at jim kramer in the middle of the work day fucking jim kramer piece of shit can we take any more shots we've got two of jim kramer and roger federer can we prop any more shots Fed, of famous people love Fed. Love i'm Fed. not making fun of federer i was just trying to make a, I made no, a shit. no i know i know i'm just saying this this podcast is very Fed friendly. Not the Fed, not the Federal Reserve. Federer, right? Yeah, fuck, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck the Federal Reserve. <laughs> they're, making, they're making us all broke. All right, what do you guys got for uh, hitters? I'm going super, super off base, but uh, stars tonight by Zed's Dead. Little uh, like electronic music. So, Ooh. getting into some of that. It's I, I. It took me a couple of lessons, dude. I love this song. In, in honor of our guests, I'm just going to go with silence for my recommendation. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to throw one out there. It's a little weird. It's more country than than anything else, but it's it's high tempo enough that I think if you put it on, you won't hate it. Money spent by Co Wetzel. It's kind of fun. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. We got chatty at the end because we were having fun with our friends. We'll be back again next week. Later. Later.